We're back for another episode of Earth 894, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. And in this episode, we are finally talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Just a little disclaimer, we have recorded this episode previously, but unfortunately, uh, something happened technically on our audio and we weren't actually able to produce it. So this is round two, which I think is actually going to be great because I've been able to sit on the movie a little bit longer to think about it. I know I've had some different thoughts and changes on it, but we'll get to that later on in the episode. If this is your first time listening to Earth 894, we're happy to have you. But also, what we kind of do here is talk about the latest Marvel Cinematic Universe news, reviews, we offer commentary, and anything else that's awesome and heroic. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce my co-host here, the uh, person who's probably worthy to lift Mjolnir, which you already know, but he's the one who would be able to actually get through to the other side of what lies beyond the magical area that we talk about later in Shang-Chi. Tis Louis Tonarini. How's it going, man? Is that Taylo? Taylo or Taolo. <laughs> Taolo? Taolo. Worthy to lift Mjolnir. Doubtful. But I appreciate it. No problem, man. I am okay. How are you? Not too bad, man. It's been busy. I've literally been out of the week or I've been out of uh, town for the last like three weekends. So this is the first weekend where I'm not going anywhere. And I can, <laughs> I'm so excited to be lazy, but still busy at the same time. Yeah, you've been going nuts, man. I know. So a little delay in our release schedule here and there. We still got some other stuff going on with What If, but uh, just check out our podcast feed to go ahead and check all that out. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about Shang-Chi today. So before I get into that, we usually talk about news and everything else. Maybe there's some rumors going on, but we're going to bypass that and save it for a later episode. However, that doesn't mean we're going to skip one of our favorite parts of every episode and how we like to kick off the show. Louie. What has been MCU for you, man? It's so hard to remember what what I've done. I think it was in the in the hashtag lost episode where I was, <laughs> where I was talking about I started X Men Days of Future Past. Yeah, and uh, that's as far as I got. I I also started Lovecraft Country with Hannah, mm-hmm. which isn't Marvel, but it has Jonathan Majors in it. Mm-hmm. So. She wasn't as into it as I was. So she fell asleep almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, not too much. Mm-hmm. I've been on the prowl for a Captain America with the shield Funko Pop. Mm-hmm. And I was messing around on Marketplace the other day and I saw a Captain America from Avengers Age of Ultron for $15 and I bought it immediately. Ooh. So that'll be here Friday. Nice. At least that's what it says. And then <laughs> I went to go check on my Captain Carter Funko Pop, which, mm-hmm. you know, is a pain in my butt. Yeah, it's kind of been in limbo for a while now, right? She said, whenever they get them, they'll call me from a private number and leave a message because their phones are down. It says November, but that could mean anywhere from today to January, who knows? So while I was there as- inquiring about that, I got a uh, a Billy Butcher mm-hmm. Funko Pop mm-hmm. because Billy Butcher is awesome. And uh, I got a discount on it because uh, pro member and stuff. So it was like six bucks. Not bad. Nice. I haven't felt very super lately. We had Henry's birthday party and... It was... It looked adorable. 
how do, how do I say this without sounding like a huge dick? <laughs> um, I invited a lot of people, uh-huh. and most of them couldn't come. Oh. So I ordered food for 60, and like 30 people came. Mm-hmm. So there was food for 30 people left over. Yeah. And my body doesn't react to beef well. Ooh. So I ate a lot of Italian beef, and I was... I've been going through one of the worst gout flare-ups I've ever had. Jeez, man. Um, yeah, it's pretty terrible, but we're working through it. Well, I hope everything is better, man. Sorry about all the beef. Oh, you know, makes me never want to eat food ever again. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't know. I'm sure it sounds like the birthday party was still enjoyable in some sense, right? For your son and everything. Yeah, he had fun. It was oh, fine. I'm just a salty mother. Beep. Hey, you know, when it comes out to that, especially, you know, spending money and getting all that, I, I totally get it. But sorry, I couldn't be there. Oh, I didn't even invite you. I know. Who wants to go? You to heard that, two- everyone? He didn't even invite me. Who wants to go to a two-year-old's birthday party? For Man, real? I do. No, you don't. Yeah, it's, I do. It's a two-year-old. Like, what are you going to do there? You're going to be like, oh. I don't know. Is, play. Watch. This, eat food. This, eat beef. This is boring as hell. I'm leaving. Bye. Oh, man. It's going to be fun. Just like everyone who did come did. Other than that, I've been working on new products for the Earth 894 eventual store we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I finally got a prototype logo made all by myself. That's why it looks like dog shit. It doesn't, by the way, guys. But we are on our way. I have other ideas. I'm waiting on our good friend to message me back, and we will get those raring to go. Heck yeah, man. Seeing as how I haven't shut the hell up for a while, uh, I also need to start watching my mouth. I don't know what's going on. Oh, Devin, it's okay. What has been MCU for you? MCU for me has been a number of different things. So uh, like I said, I've been out of town for the last three weeks, basically because of band stuff. Played a show in Chicago, played a show in Indiana, and then we were just at a music conference in a uh, PA uh, in Lancaster, which is awesome, by the way, over there. So a couple things for me still in the meantime. I uh, still caught up on everything. Uh, I was actually reading some comics here and there. I was a Spider-Man, of course. But, I mean, one of the biggest things that has been definitely MCU for you and me has been we were in the car for 13 hours. That's how long it took to drive from Chicago all the way to Lancaster. And I remembered on uh, Thursday... Uh, that there was like a PlayStation conference going on or a state of play or video. And I was like, oh, awesome. I'll watch it. And lo and behold, that they revealed not one, but two incredible Insomniac games. We got to see a trailer, very quick snippet teaser for Spider-Man 2, which had some awesome things in it. But also we're getting a Wolverine game that's going to be also PlayStation exclusive. So when I saw those two things, I lost my damn mind. And I text Louie right away. I'm like, Yo, we're getting Wolverine. I thought we were saving the Wolverine stuff for for next. Uh... Oh, we're going to talk more about it, but I'm just saying like it was insane. I was like on the car and all of a sudden I'm like, ah, and it's hard to be excited and like, you know, you want to jump around and enjoy, but I'm stuck in a car for next and just like six, seven hours. So um, it was kind of cool. But yeah, we'll talk more about it in another episode. But I mean, oh, my God, I'm just so excited to finally see progress made on that because that made me want to go back and play Spider-Man. And I think I'm actually going to go back and uh, play Spider-Man. Yeah. I don't know if I want to play that one or miles. Uh, 
because I've only played Miles once through, so we'll see. But yeah, aside from that, pretty much been it. I'm just excited to finally talk finally about what if as well as Shang-Chi finally. So how about we dig into it? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, can we get real for a second? We've been friends for 10 years. I know that you don't like to talk about your life, but a guy with a freaking machete for an arm just chopped our butts in half. DJ Snake. Who are you? Run it. Only talking, making major moves. My father trained me to be the 10 rings greatest weapon. On the road to riches, I can never lay around. But that's not who I am. How did you find me? I always know where my children are. One time we talked about this. It didn't go so well because of audio, but it's all good. So, Louis, it's been approximately three it's weeks since bad. we saw the movie, right? That's <laughs> burn. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're um, okay. Yes, it's been a while since we've seen it. Yeah, it, it came out the third. I believe we went and saw it the third or the second. Yeah, it came out uh, Friday the third, but we saw it on Thursday the second because we're cool like that. So yeah, it's been actually not as long. It's only been two weeks, pretty much two weeks and a couple of days from the time of recording. It feels like it's been three weeks though, right? Yeah, it's been a while. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, like I still have people that I ask all the time. Oh, did you go see Shang Chi? No, no, that's no. insane. I'm like, come on, man, it's good. Go see it. They're like, yeah. When does that? What, like, who's that about? Shang who? Oh, he shagged who? Yeah, that's wild. Like, there's a guy at work that I keep teasing about going to see it, and he just keeps telling me all the time, "I'm going to see it Friday." I'm like, you're full of crap. Ooh, I, I am. And then he is Monday, full of crap. And then Monday rolls around, and I'm like, so uh, how was it? I didn't go see it. Yeah. <laughs> Sad. I know. That's so, funny. He is full of crap. They're all full of crap. You know, it's wild that you bring that up, though, because, like, I've been following uh, the movie's performance so far, so far on the box office, and successfully, Shang-Chi has been the number one movie, pretty much. Uh, it's made so much money for Labor Day weekend that it actually, I believe, is number one an all-time box office for Labor Day debut weekend for film. So that's a huge record, of course, that being other milestones with like a full Asian cast, uh, Asian-American especially too, and just being able to break new barriers on that sense. It's been overall a great success, but I mean, it's also, I think, been the highest grossing movie since the pandemic too. It's um, tracking, I believe, to go over $250 million at this point uh, worldwide, which, you know, is very, very, very little for a Marvel movie outside of a pandemic, but because of the times we're facing, I mean, the movie's kicking butt. So it's going to keep shattering some records. I'm assuming it's still number one at the box office and it's, I mean, I want to go see it again. It's so good. So I want to see it in maybe IMAX this time if I can. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you haven't gone to see it again. Yeah. It's just because I have been so busy because it's all on the weekends primarily. So I really can't do much about it. Um, but the nice thing about it is that, I got some time this week, so I might actually go and try and see it. Yeah, take the girlfriend with you. Heck yeah. I'll take my dog. Take the cat. Don't, don't know, know how, but I will. I was going to say, I don't know if they'd let the dog in. Uh, They probably won't. <laughs> probably not a good idea, so I probably won't do it. But uh, yeah. 
but good try good good luck thanks man but enough about that so louis like i said it's been a while since we've actually watched the movie now so has your overall like thoughts or opinions on the movie changed or shifted at all um i don't think so i think i i still think it's one of the better ones one, mm-hmm. of, the, one of the better movies that they've done yeah i uh, i also agree i if anything it definitely has not changed in negatively, for my opinion. If anything, I've come to appreciate the movie more after sitting on it for a while. And I think I originally gave it like an 8 out of 10 and you called me out last episode. But guess what? Guess what? I give it a 9 out of 10 now. Oh. Oh. Look, look at that. Shang-Chi is going places. It's not a perfect film, so I don't give it a 10. Only if you get those 10s, but Shang-Chi is up there. I'm, I'm convinced. I'm a did believer. End, did Endgame get a 10? Did, it did not. What? I think I gave that like a eight and a half, nine. Bold. Yeah. But we're talking about Shang-Chi. So let's kick things off here. Shang-Chi takes apparently, uh, I believe it's like six months after the snap. If I'm correct. They don't really talk about it very much, do they? No, this is one of the first films that didn't really talk about the blip directly too much. Other than just that one comment when uh, uh, Shang-Chi and uh, Katie are out with dinner for that couple or their two friends. And the one girl mentions how they live in a world now where anyone can like blink away or disappear in a like a second kind of blink of an eye or disappear in a blink of an eye, something like that. So that's kind of like the only direct reference. But I mean, there's also um, if you notice in the background as we're walking around, there's a couple of flyers. Sean as his uh, pseudonym is, passes by on a wall in uh, San Francisco that actually says like post-blip depression group and even a blip sync, which kind of look, I guess it's like a dating app for people who are blipped <laughs> or something like that. Apparently, the writer said that. I don't know, but... Um, blip sync battle starring Ken Jong. Would that be good? No, but it wouldn't. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah, so... Is that good? It's definitely got some uh, still like post blip everything, which is kind of good because overall, I mean, all these movies and shows that have come out in the last year have really all kind of delved into like trauma and grief and so forth. And this movie definitely doesn't shy away from that topic either. So I wanted to talk about the first thing here is uh, just overall the story. The whole movie kind of goes in and out with uh, ancient feudal China and dynasty era, then to modern day and then. A little bit of like jumping back and forth a lot, but I mean, I never felt like the movie actually gave me like a uh, kind of like hard to follow because I've seen movies. Exa- I'm trying to think of any examples off the top of my head, but movies in the past where it's just jumping around back and forth too much that I can't comprehend or it's just poorly uh, like executed. But th- for this film, it felt pretty good overall. I feel like it was easy to follow when what occurred at what time and so forth. Um, yeah, so it definitely didn't like disorient me at all. What do you think? I didn't think it was hard to follow. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't like, like you said, I, I they didn't dive into the whole in uh what's the word I'm looking for the whole Infinity Wars type deal. You know, they didn't talk about the mm-hmm. damn uh stones at all or anything like that. So it was it was kind of like a a breath of fresh air, if you would. And I know in the shows they don't talk about them very much, but like in Loki, he had the Infinity Stones in the drawer, and mm-hmm. in uh, WandaVision, he still had his his Mind Stone or whatever, or 
in uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, you know, they couldn't get the damn, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The thing from the bank, the loan, the loan from the bank because they didn't have any credit because they've been essentially dead for seven years or five years, excuse me. But this was just kind of a, this is a different story, almost like an Ant-Man type thing where it's just like, this has nothing to do with what's going on regularly and hope you like it. And I did. Mm -hmm. Good point. I was kind of hoping we'd see maybe like like an ode to Ant-Man or the Wasp at all since they're in the same city. But I would actually, uh, I think it'd be pretty funny if they did a crossover down the road where you have Ant-Man and the Wasp meeting up with Shang-Chi and Katie somehow, or some sort of misadventure just leads their past across. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I think Katie in uh, um, Scott Lang would actually be really funny together. Oh, we're going to talk about Scott Lang on Wednesday. Oh, no, yeah. Thir- Thursday, excuse me. Um... Yeah, Katie's great. We'll get into her, but mm-hmm. Katie's awesome. So the first thing we really saw with this movie too was after like establishing where the rings come from, sort of. It definitely just kind of transitions into uh, where we're at today and you see that Sean, Shang-Chi's actual like fake name, kind of made a life for himself after uh, unfortunately just couldn't keep up with what was going on and decided to leave his family, which definitely had some consequences later down the road, but He's always been kind of like battling with that troubled past and everything and definitely resents his father and doesn't want to be him and so forth. But I mean, it's like you said, this whole movie kind of feels like it's a singleized adventure without having to rely too heavily on big, big events uh, like the snap or civil war or anything like that. So it's kind of cool to see he's literally just like a, uh, like a valet driver and everything. And then him and Katie kind of play hooky and all the different things that go inside with it. But um, how would you really say like you uh, feel about like the synergy between Katie and Sean or Sean G? I'm just going to call him Sean. Sean. To be honest. Fair enough. Probably for the rest of the. Uh, Sean. For the rest of the time here, but they were good together. Aquafina is awesome as always. Mm-hmm. She always does a good job no matter what she's in. Yeah. I like that. They're like, friends and not romantically involved Mm -hmm. when we get into the gripes i'll i'll explain my katie gripe but i like like she's just there to kind of like comic relief right yeah i don't want to say this because i know it's going to break your heart but she's kind of there to just make sean more interesting yeah that's fair (laughs) that's that's kind of why i don't find this to be like a perfect movie right because it's kind of like black panther where every all the other supporting characters outside of T'Challa are really great and they're phenomenal. But Black Panther himself kind of falls a little flat on the character development and everything like that. They didn't really feel like they actually gave enough tension to that hero and his journey. But with this movie, it's kind of a similar facet, except I think they improved upon that and they learned from what they've done in the Black Panther to kind of give uh, Shang-Chi a little bit more character development. But I still felt like he didn't really talk that much in the movie. I feel like maybe even that, maybe that's just a common thing is that like it wasn't too uh, dialogue heavy across the entire board. But um, overall, I just felt like I after like I remember watching the movie and walking out and thinking about it, I'm like, I don't think I heard him really talk much. And that way, I didn't really feel like I got like a good sense of his character other than just like shorter one liners and just a lot of action. And maybe the action is supposed to speak more for itself. Maybe that's just part of the 
the design and everything, which is still artistic vision, of course. But um, yeah, I, I totally agree that you're saying like she's there to help him look a little better. Just a little more interesting. Yeah. This, like you said, this is more of a an action movie, more of a kung fu style movie, mm-hmm. you know? Sean immediately makes everyone feel like a lazy piece of crap because he gets out of bed and he immediately just starts doing uh, <laughs> all those push-ups. Pu- push-ups. And yeah. Like, oh, thanks, Sean. As if I didn't feel like crap enough. It's like, damn it, Sean. Yeah. And, you know, he, he's like, uh, he doesn't talk a lot like, Katie's crazy and does all this fun, crazy stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's like a free spirit. Yeah. Where Sean is just kind of there for the ride. Mm-hmm. And sometimes literally because you see how they uh, decide to go for a joy ride in a car. And then even eventually they're trying to just uh, take a bus ride somewhere to work. And then that's some chaos ensues. And we actually get to see um, part of the Ten Rings, their army and their forces actually going after what Shang-Chi has with that uh, jade ne- necklace or the little pendant around his neck that him and his sister both share. The time stone, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Dormammu? Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of funny just to see all that uh, play out with the, the great combat and everything. But, so, in that bus fight scene, there's that one character that pulls up his phone and he's like, yo, 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 look, at I used to do martial arts back in the day, so I'm going to grade this fight, you know, who I'm talking about. Yeah, the Flash Gordon of the uh, of the yeah. Legend of the Ten Rings movie. Yeah, did you know he was actually in Spider-Man Homecoming? I didn't. Yeah, do you remember the character who's sitting there? He's like doing the, it was part of like the neighborhood montage. He's, um, <laughs> yo, Spider-Man, do a flip. Yeah, that's him. Oh. That's literally <laughs> him, yeah. <laughs> It's kind of wild. I didn't even know that until I saw it looked up. I'm like, oh, no way. Was he the same character? I mean, I I doubt it because Spider Man's in New York and Shang Chi is in San. Yeah, come on. I mean, a lot's happened in like five years. You know, snap, not snap. Who moves from New York to California? What if he's got a twin brother? That's still hey, not you the know same who, character. Actually, you know who moves from New York to California? Oh, God. <laughs> no. Venom, 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 Venom. Venom didn't move, though. His yeah, in Venom. Just... No, it's Brock just... is talking about how he had oh, yeah. something in New York and he moved to San Francisco. Coincidence? I think not. Ah, uh, details. They just needed that movie to be in San Francisco for God knows what reason. We're not here to talk about Venom starring Tom Hardy. We're here to talk about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings starring Simu? I think it's uh, Simu Liu. Starring that cool guy on uh, all the TikToks Richard keeps sending me. Starring Sean. Yeah, so that bus fight, I mean, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff you can see with the different like cinematography and everything, but we're really not cinematography or... uh, you know, movie snobs or buffs and everything, even if I try to be. Um, just down and dirty, like, grittiness, like, the kung fu and the fighting and all the action across the whole movie just totally kicks ass. Everyone that they uh, used on their team to, like, put together the fight choreography and the action, they just knocked it out of the park. I mean, even this bus scene, 
after seeing the trailer for it so many times, I was still mesmerized and captivated by what they did in there. And so, I mean, I just got to recognize this movie for how good it is with their action. It's definitely, definitely, definitely top for fighting and choreography for me in the MCU. And I'd put it up there, a tie between this and uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Because I always felt that had the number one choreography, like uh, one-on-one fighting and everything. But this movie, it's got a pretty strong hand. True or false? The bus scene is the best scene in the movie. Mm. I say false. Wow, false. Do you think it's the best scene in the movie? I do. So uh, I do, what, why I do you do think, think that? that? Um, it's just, it's got everything. It's got like, it's, it's, it's like a big plot point. It's got character development. It's got laugh it's comedic it's funny it's actiony as hell and it's so much dope ass fighting it's got a big lithuanian guy with a sword for a hand (laughs) hashtag razor fist um but you know i i pretend or whatever but just the fighting alone in that scene is incredible you know yeah uh razor fist cuts the bus in half i just punched my ceiling that hurt cuts the bus in half like this is insane and Katie's like dry, trying to drive this bus that isn't working and mm-hmm. Sean does that thing where he like jumps up and, and kicks two guys on the opposite side of the bus that was cool very Jackie Chan and like uh, Kung Fu Hustle yeah it was awesome man yeah it was awesome that, that scene is awesome if you remember one scene from the movie or whatever, it's probably going to be the bus scene. Kind of like if you think of Spider-Man far from home, you're going to remember like him in the Mysterio scene. Like that scene is Mm, the whole, yeah. Like the zombie thing and everything. Yeah. So captivating. That's Mm. the scene you're going to remember. So I think in Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings, it is the bus scene. Interesting. You know, for now, I think I'll agree with you because I can't, I'm trying to think if there's a better scene than that because I know there's some other things that are pretty epic. I mean, to sum it up, but I mean, you raised some really interesting points. I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel like it's almost a cop-out to say the final like battle sequence and everything is the best scene, right? Just because it's so big and grand and epic. I but, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a cop-out because as I keep bringing this movie up, in Avengers Endgame, the fight scene is everything. Yeah, that's true. Granted, it's the last hour of the movie, but it is the best hour in cinema history in my mind. Oh, man, it's definitely like, the most entertaining hour. Uh, from, from the moment that they walk out and Thor is just sitting there staring at Thanos, and then they just all start fighting, the three of them versus Thanos, mm-hmm. and then the whole... Cap holds Mjolnir. Like, I don't get goosebumps watching movie scenes if I've seen them a thousand times. And I get goosebumps like six separate occasions in the fight scene in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Regardless, once again. So you'd say that bus scene on our continued like viewings, it'll probably give you those like similar goosebumps. Um, if you got that. Yeah, but I'm just saying like when you think of 
certain movies, you think of certain scenes. When you think of Shang-Chi, you're going to think of mm-hmm. him in the bus. You know, Katie going, does this guy look like he knows how to fight? And then he just starts like absolutely wrecking people. Yeah. And then she's like, who are you? He's like, uh-huh. with, her, with her terrible Katie voice that I love. Yeah. That's her. I guess like the other point I was going to say is the scene that I thought of the most is definitely the uh, like the scaffolding battle outside of the fight club and everything for his sister. Because I thought that yes. was a pretty cool sequence with everything and the bamboo and um, when Death Dealer shows up and they had that cool like Matrix kind of shot of uh, fighting and everything. But yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. That is that is another that's another good scene. I'd mm-hmm. say like as far as the action goes it's between the bus scene and the balcony not balcony the say the word yeah, again scaffolding scaffolding scene mm-hmm. i was gonna ask uh out of all the characters like the main characters in this film who do you think stole the show katie katie really and she's the best uh character of the whole movie as far as stealing the show goes i uh, yeah mm-hmm. i think People will really like Katie. I think she's funny and she's relatable and she's nice and she, you know, she's a good friend. Katie. Um, Other than that, like if you're saying who's the most. What do I want to say? How do I want to say this? Who, who can be the most remembered? Like who's, who, who's the most out of left field maybe was uh, Wenwu. Mm hmm. Sean's dad. I think he was pretty damn good. Yeah, uh, I agree. One was a really good character. Very yeah, cool. A good villain, a good protect antagonist. Mm-hmm. A good antagonist. He was he was good, man. Yeah. You know, uh Marvel gets this thing with the villains are just evil versions of the hero. And damn it, was that kind of true in this movie? But he had a story that you kind of understood. Yeah. So you weren't, he wasn't just evil for the sake of being evil, like Hela and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like, uh, maybe Loki even. Abadiah Stain, you know, just mm-hmm. like, I'm evil. <laughs> no. Evil. You know, he was like power crazy and then he meets this Mm-hmm. hottie with a body in front of Taylor. Nice. And then they fall in love because she does the cool wind dance fight, which was another good scene, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, So then he's like a good guy, and then you know, she gets friggin' wrecked, and then he becomes a bad guy again, and then he's just a bad guy, and but he's like a relatable bad, like, if somebody killed your wife, you know, you're gonna be pretty It'll friggin' be upset, paid. too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're going to go on a crazy killing spree with your 10 uh, bangles or whatever you want to call those things. I know the they're rings. rings, but come on. They're bangles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a little different from the, what the comics are, which so if you're curious, definitely go look that up. There's plenty of explanations on it. But yeah, Wenwood was a really awesome character. I began to question if he was truly the villain or not when they had that dinner sequence when uh, they finally bring uh, Shang-Chi as well as his sister back into the this whole home front and everything. So it was kind of interesting. I couldn't really tell because at some point, you know, you have the funny quips in exchange with like Katie and Wenwu and everything. And it's kind of like that dad talking at dinner when you have a friend over and they get all embarrassing, like back in my day or I blah, 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 blah. 
And he was talking about that, like uh, Katie's name and everything. But when they start to kind of show you like, look, I need your penance because this, and he shows them the whole like pathway and everything to uh, Tao Lo to actually potentially bring their mother back. That's where it's kind of like, Hey, it's like, he's trying to work with you. But then lo and behold, pretty soon after we find exactly where his motives and uh, where he's actually at as a character. And so he kind of even is willing to betray his children a little bit so he can get his wife back because he's so convinced that he's hearing her, which unfortunately is a, uh, like an illusion and it's really not true. So he's kind of driven by uh, madness and everything because it's, it's all about trauma and kind of grief at the end of it. So yeah, Wenwu was a great character, but I also think it has a lot to do with uh, Tony Leong's uh, or Loom. I forget how to pronounce his last name. Just the scale of an actor that he is. I think that was his first American film. So, I mean, dude can act, hands down. So, I think that's why that character was so, so good to begin with. I'd say Wenwu was good. Katie was good for a completely different reason as far as characters that stole the show. Mm-hmm. Another good character would be, I'm going to say Jiling. That's how I'm just going to say it. Shaolin. Shaolin. I'm going to say Jiling. Jiling, who is uh, Sean's sister. Mm -hmm. She she was complicated. Definitely. Um, She runs the awesome fight ring. That is definitely not Madripoor, no matter how badly you thought it was. Yeah, what up with that? And wanted it to be, and thought that you were getting Wolverine. Uh, you're not. Not yet, anyway. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? She does that, you know, She's she fights. She's like, she's almost everything Shang-Chi Sean is, but better. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird thing when the movie is called Chung Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, you know? Yeah. But she like I'll I'll get into the gripe once again, but she like joins Sean after a little bit of convincing because of crazy Wenwu. Mm-hmm. And and she's like this good good guy. She does her thing, man. She's She's got the knife on the rope, mm-hmm. kicking ass, taking names, beat up Razor Fist. It was sick. She rides the dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was pretty cool. She, like, I'd say she was just about as interesting as Sean. Think so? Uh, maybe a little more interesting than Sean, but not. She definitely had more mystery to her. Not much, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd say all of Sean's interestingness came from when he was little. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this movie lived in a lot of flashbacks. There was a lot of slow motion too, but, but not nearly as much as, uh, uh, you know, he who shall not be named too often. Zack Snyder's, uh, cut of justice league, which was basically slow-mo for slow-mo. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of flashbacks from when Sean was a little kid. And that was where most of like the Sean story came in, you know, not a lot about him being an adult or anything, you know, it was just him yeah. trying to make, make right from when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. It's true. Very true. As we 
move along. Let's try and let's try and switch it up a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. get get a little more uh, not in depth, but like, what is something that happened that you didn't expect? Mm-hmm. Or just something that you were like, "Wow, that was cool." Yeah. Well, so I can say two things. The one thing that I did not expect was um, Trevor Henry's character being actually so more involved than just a little 10 second cameo or one scene cameo, right? Trevor Slattery? Did I say Trevor Henry? Uh, you did. Sorry, I'm thinking of about, someone totally different. I was about to Google Trevor Henry and figure out who you were talking about. My bad. Yeah, Trevor Slattery. Yeah. His character definitely took me by surprise because, he, like I said, he was only in one scene I was expecting. But then he turned out to being much more of a pivotal role, the character and everything, and even talking to uh, his little uh, CGI buddy there that turns out to be real. He's like, oh, you can't see him. Morris. Morris, yes. Which Morris was adorable. That was another thing that was cool and surprising. But I actually feel like the movie definitely got a little bit better when he came into the picture because he added another layer of comedy. So it wasn't just like Aquafina as Katie having to carry all that kind of like, you know, if you ever watch a TV show or a sitcom, whenever they do like a downer of a moment or something serious happens, they immediately follow it up with one type of quick, like quip or something that's funny to kind of alleviate the tension. How much your mother is notorious for that. Every time literally there's something bad that happens or said or done, then five to 10 seconds, there's something that, adds you know a laugh track to it now when marshall's dad died well yeah then the credits came yeah there was a whole yeah. countdown in that episode yeah just keep that in mind when you see uh, the next episode of how much mother look out for it you'll see it but that's beside the point so yeah that was kind of the big thing for me is just uh trevor slattery's character um being awesome but something that was definitely super cool was i was afraid that they were totally not going to show the Big ass like demon monster thing uh, oh, behind the walls. They had to once you once you bring it up that it's there, they're gonna show it. Yeah, because they you know when they're talking in through Talo and they're going through like the the history of why they're protecting that gate and everything, which is what uh, Wenbu wants to actually destroy through that falsified temptation, and everything uh, manipulating by the creatures beyond. I was really afraid it's gonna be really really close and tease, but not do it. But yeah, I'm so glad, so glad they actually went through and showed the dragon. They showed the big uh, demon de- like beast thing. It was it was good because I was going to get really disappointed if we don't see it. And they just like maybe got a clip or a glimpse of it. And then they close it off before it can even emerge. Because it made it totally into like a Godzilla film. It turned into, a, you know, kaiju and everything. And that was like, damn it. They got drama. They got comedy. They got tons of action adventure. And now they got freaking monsters like the skill this movie should like seeing all that on paper should not have made sense that this movie is going to work or be good but the way it was executed is so phenomenal that when they have you know a giant like cgi monster fight i was on board i was i was like yeah let's do it just keep going keep going it's okay it's awesome versus it being like oh this is kind of weird this makes no sense this is kind of out of place you know it makes perfect sense I just Googled it. The dragon's name, the great protector. Like how that's one of the easiest things to pronounce. Yep. So Um, how about you? You say the word monster. So I got to bring him up. Mm -hmm. 
one of the big shocking moments of the trailer was seeing Wong fighting Abomination. Yeah, how could I forget that? So they go into not Madripoor. That's, mm-hmm. I don't remember the name of the place. But, uh, I think it was like a Macaw or something like that. But it was it just was not magic. It was not Madripoor like we thought it was going to be. Although it does look a lot like it. Um, and they're doing like a big street fight type deal, mm-hmm. and it's Wong versus Abomination. Yeah. And Abomination hasn't been seen since the Incredible Hulk in two thousand eight. Yeah. So it was eleven years now. Yeah, it's been a long time. Or 12 years? Something like that, yeah. yeah. And he looks a lot better now, obviously. You got better technology to make him look better. And he is arguably winning. And then Wong is like, I'm going to give you a taste of your own medicine. Mm-hmm. Shoots out a portal. Abomination punches himself right in the face. Knocks himself out cold. Falls over and then Wong's like, what, did I, what have we been learning? What did I teach you? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then they like walk away together and through a, a portal. So it's like he's been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. You know, are we ever going to see Abomination again? Probably not. But I don't, I don't know. I feel like that'd be a lot to do for just a couple scenes of him, right? I feel like they have to bring him back at some point. I mean, I guess they could, but now we've seen Wong in just about everything that Marvel has to offer in the last in the last couple of days here. Yeah, the only thing he pretty much wasn't in was uh, well, a few things, but I mean, he, yeah, he's all over the place. Um, I want to say that there's something with is it Thunderbolts has Ross in it. Or it has a abomination in it. Excuse I me. I believe the Thunderbolts has abomination and Thaddeus Ross's Red Hulk. But right. don't quote me. I don't understand why you need abomination and Red Hulk. I mean, hey, power right. But yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see what's going on with that. Yeah, my point was going to be that, like, I mean, getting we have, uh, you know. What's his face? Um, John Walker. Yes, thank you. I, what What's his new name called again? The U.S. Agent. U.S. Agent. How did I forget that? Wow. Feels like that show was like 12 months ago. So He is the man. I knew I was going to get flack for this from you, but it's... John yeah, so. Walker. John F. Walker, the U.S. Agent. What's the F stand for? John Jesus Walker. <laughs> I mean, for American perspective that's like one of the most american middle names probably thank god for uh for editing when you could put star lord saying jesus but they got john walker they got yelena belova they got uh that's it so far that that Val- contessa valentina allegro de fontaine has talked to i don't know how you just rattle that name off so casually every time she's she's the best man um helmet zemo probably yeah but we'll see we shall see. Yeah, so but I think was, he'll be back. But I want to know what's going on with that. But yeah, it was surprising seeing him go through the portal with Wong. Yeah, so why the hell is Wong? What if, I don't know. Wong's starting to give me some heebie-jeebies. He's just off doing his own thing. We see him later on at the end credits and all that. We'll get to later. But I mean, he's seen a Spider-Man trailer for No Way Home and he's literally just he's like dipping. Like, see ya. Spoilers. I know. 
Thanks. No worries. Just for you, Louie. That was a big, like, what the hell, you know, when you were sitting there watching it. There's another big what the hell at the very end during the post-credit, but we're going to save the post-credit for the end of the review. Yeah, maybe at the post-credits. No, I won't do that to you, but you know. Also, a big wow moment for me, we didn't talk about him a lot, but the Death Dealer was like there to train Sean, but he took it a little hard on him, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was like Sean, but just slightly better. And so every time they fought, he he just got the better of Sean. Mm-hmm. And in their last fight, it was in the Madripoor place. Mm-hmm. He w- wins and flies off. So fast forward, they're they're in Talo, Talo, mm-hmm. and finally Wenwu releases uh, the Bat Monster, mm-hmm. and he comes to. No, he doesn't release release it just yet. Excuse me. I apologize. He's punching the wall, Luke Cage style, and then little bat monsters are getting out. They just pick you up. They suck your soul out, and they fly it back to Starro the Conqueror over there. Mm -hmm. And uh, Death Dealer's doing his thing. He's fighting Shang-Chi's aunt. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he gets picked up. His soul gets sucked out, and then he gets dropped to the floor, dead. I was like, "Are are you serious? Yeah. Like, this was one of the not most. No, I'll say it. He was one of the most interesting looking characters in the movie. You know? Yeah. Definitely meant to stand out. Waiting for him to get his comeuppance from a person. Mm -hmm. And he just like, he was like the first person to just get wrecked by a freaking bat thing. Yeah. It it gets his soul sucked out and he's done. That surprised me. Yeah, that's something that I, I totally forgot about. I was like, damn. Because I almost felt like, are they going to like, is it a face reveal that's kind of crucial or important? Is it going to be something recognized? Or, nope. Literally just, hey, here's this comic book character. And boop, they're gone. They're done. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, I also like the dragon. Like, mm-hmm. Sh- Sean gets his ass whooped by his dad, mm-hmm. falls into the water, and he's like dead in that water for like, I don't know, 48 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> He's in that water for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And he gets saved by the great protector when this water dragon just like swims up to him and then he like mm-hmm. blasts him out of the water to go stop these little bats and then finally yeah. the big bat. Exactly. So the dragon was freaking dope. Mm-hmm. We talked about some cool things. Mm-hmm. I know you had some disappointments. You gave it a nine out of 10. There yeah. had to be a little bit of disappointment in there. We're going to go tet for tet, you know, tit for tat, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I've been talking a lot. I'm still going to go first because I have more gripes than you. That's fair. And uh, it'll uh, level out there at the end. My okay. first my first one, not a big one, mm-hmm. it's uh, Katie. Uh-huh. Katie gets dragged into this because, you know, she wants to help Sean. She's Sean's friend. Cool. At the end of the movie... They're all sitting at the lunch or whatever, and then Wong appears, and then he's like, you two, come with me. Why would he want Katie? I I like Katie, but she's not, she can't do anything heroic yeah. like that. Like, she shot the arrow that killed the damn bat guy, but that was once, you know? It didn't kill him. It just, you know, stopped it from, from killing suck- the dragon. It stopped it from dementoring the dragon. <laughs> dementoring. Yeah, exactly. It just, I don't know, like, 
I like Katie, but she doesn't need to be there. You know, that would be like if they went and got Spider-Man and they were like, Spider-Man, Ned, come with me. Mm, that's a good point. Like, you're not going to bring Ned or MJ or, you know, anybody. You can bring Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But does that ruin the movie? Not at all. Not at all. Right. Devin, did you have any uh, gripes that you'd like to get into? So that's a, not like necessarily a gripe or anything. I, I kind of already talked about my kind of like relation to Black Panther with your main hero being a little bit drier than uh, his counterparts and everything. So it doesn't feel like he's truly the center of attention until he like starts kicking ass. But I mean, overall, I mean, this movie is so well put together for the most part uh, with the acting, with the soundtrack and there's just the visuals and the choreography for fighting and everything. It's just so spectacular that it's really hard to find a gripe and nor do I feel like it actually deserves any sort of like ridicule or anything. I mean, this movie's great. I guess my main thing is like, I wish they talked a little more. That's it. Maybe had a little bit more conversation pieces with uh, Shang-Chi and everything. Give them some more things to actually talk about or maybe, uh, I don't know. It just felt like and the pacing is fine. It's not an issue with the pacing at all. I just felt like sometimes it just dialogue came in like second, not really first, which is probably their just vision. So that's all I got. Fair. I realized my other gripe was with a post credit scene, so I'll save it for a little bit. Okay. You were a fan of Trevor Slattery. Mm-hmm. I was not. I thought he had too much time. I love Trevor Slattery. Where you had you were glad he got more time. I would have rather him had very, very minimal time. I like it because I feel like it actually gave that character a little bit of more value to him. Cause I mean, we see him in Iron Man three, everyone seemed to be pissed that they just literally did a bait and switch. But I mean, I bet those people really don't give a damn now because look at what we were able to finally get. Like, can you imagine if he was actually the Mandarin, how it would have played out if it was Shang-Chi versus the Mandarin. Uh, with Trevor Slattery as Wenwu. Can you imagine how that would look? America, scared of an orange. <laughs> Such a good line. But um, yeah, so that's why I like that they have Trevor in here and showing him a little bit more of like, you know, he's just not, an, he's not like a throwaway character now. He has his place cemented in the MCU and I thought he was a great sense of just comedy overall. I mean, even when there's that point where he looks dead and uh, Morris just comes over and he starts doing like the like the like the dead Ewok thing from Return of the Jedi in Star Wars, and then Trevor's like, "I'm not dead, man. Just 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 go with it." <laughs> it's so funny. It's so it's like it's like so fit of that character to do something like that that it just made it even funnier in general. That's all I got. I yeah, I have one more. I'll save it for when we're done. But let's let's put a little bit of a bow on it. What do you think? Mm. Yeah, let's do it. You know, the movie's what two hours long. We've been talking for an hour. Yeah, let's uh, let's put a little bit of a bow on it. I know what I want to hear what you have to say, because I know what you say is good. Because I've heard you say it. Mm -hmm. I think this movie is like a Black Panther crossed with like a like a Star Lord and ego relationship Mm -hmm. with a little bit of Thor thrown in there, you know? Yeah. Like the. It's it's very Black Panthery in the fact that like the head guy 
his son is like training to to be the next guy until he decides he doesn't want to be. Obviously, mm-hmm. T'Challa doesn't do that. T'Challa does become the king, yeah. but T'Challa had trained his whole life just like uh, Sean had, but Sean decided after his first kill, he was done. He didn't want to do that. Yeah. And uh, when you went to Taylo, Taylo was almost like a Chinese Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like yeah, old, hidden, almost like like an ancient China, but it had very advanced technology mm-hmm. with the mystical creatures. That horse that was cha- staring at Trevor for a while, the right, the lion, th- the the what is it? It's like a lion bear type deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's almost like the rhinos that are attacking people in freaking Black Panther and Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very Black Panthery, and I say Star Lord and Ego because it's like Star Lord and his dad actually fight each other, just like <clears throat> Sean and and uh, and Wenwu and his dad. So I think overall, this movie is like a like a Marvel. Like this is a like. If you didn't tell me it was a Marvel movie and you showed it to me and I watched it all, I'd go, yeah, that was a Marvel movie for sure. Yeah, definitely. You know, it fit the mold of what a Marvel movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's hear your wrapping of the bow because I know what mm-hmm. you're going to say and I want to hear it. It was good. I loved it. I felt more excited to see this uh, going into it than I did like Black Widow and all the different like Disney Plus series. But I mean, this movie truly was exactly what I wanted to return to cinemas for. It was full of excitement. It had great action. It was just action packed with just surprises and story and everything. It was very rich. So to me, it was a phenomenal time seeing this. And that's why I want to go see it again. See if I could find like little Easter eggs in the background or anything else I didn't catch on on the first screening. But I mean, I mean, we saw it in Dolby too. So, you know, how I feel about Dolby. I'm very vocal about how great the scenery is and the the sound and the just everything. So it's definitely a movie you want to see in um, a more premium of a premium, a more premium viewing experience. So whether it's IMAX or Dolby or anything that's similar to that with large screen and uh, very loud um, audio, it's, it's the way to go. Totally the way to go. You didn't say what I thought you were going to say. So this movie, like I mentioned earlier, it has a lot of like, uh, grief, but action, but then mystery, like a little bit of mystery, more adventure, but how can I forget? It's totally Star Wars. And what I mean by this is the fact that Shang-Chi, you know, he's trying to escape. He uh, has his father who he resents and everything, but kind of feels maybe there's something in him, but he wants to help him first, but his father, you know, can't turn him away. But his father has a very strong power. He's been around for a long time. It's it's totally Star Wars. It's definitely Luke and uh, Darth Vader and everything within that dynamic to an extent. And then even just seeing all the battles and the confrontation. And then one of the things I'm really glad because Shang-Chi was saying to Katie that he was going to kill his dad. And I felt like, oh, they can't do that. It's going to be so unfitting. And you don't want to end the movie with him like actually killing his father intentionally like that. So when... uh. Wenwu actually sacrifices himself, gives the rings away to uh, to Shang, and actually gets like his soul sucked out and everything. I thought that was a great moment uh, because 
it definitely made sure that Shang-Chi didn't have to be the one to like fully take down or destroy or kill his uh, father Wenwu. But it also just opened it up. And so it was kind of like a nice way to kind of give some sort of redemption arc to Wenwu or like a nice way to actually just, um, you know, close it out one last way. It's a good noble sacrifice. So yeah, that in the Star Wars uh, matching, I think that's kind of why I loved it so much too. So yeah, thank you for reminding me. Oh, of course. That's what I wanted you to talk about was the Star mm-hmm. Wars thing, man. Yeah. As soon as we walked out of the theater, not as soon because we both had to pee. But then we were talking about it a little bit and you said, dude, it was Star Wars. I was like, what? You, yeah, it was Star Wars. And you explained to me why. Mm-hmm. So I always think about how it's Star Wars now. You're welcome. What was the first post credit scene? The first post credit scene is the one where they're actually in the, um, they're having dinner and everything. And so the first one is with them and Wong, right? Yeah. And the sec- so it's after they like, Wong grabs him from the dinner. Second one is Jiling. Shaoling. Okay, so the first post-credit scene, they're doing their funny little talk again where they're like a couple, but they're not, you know, doing their thing. They're making fun of their their old friend and her new husband, right? Actually, it wasn't the post-credit scene. The post-credit scene took place after they walked through the portal with Wu. I mean, with Wong. Oh, so that happens at the end? Yeah. So the movie ends with them walking through the portal. Okay. Yeah, and then it takes place again in that first credit scene with them already kind of looking at the rings because Wong is like it's been a messing while. with it. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> hey, it, set off, it looks like it set off like some sort of like beacon or I don't know who it's contacting or what it's contacting, but I felt that was very ominous. Yeah, going back in time to uh, King the Conqueror days maybe. That or I'm thinking maybe it's something to do with uh, Eternal oriented or even Ooh. maybe this is what kicks it off with Galactus. Because you know we're going to get Fantastic <laughs> Four. Uh, we can only hope. Well, I mean we are, but. So they're doing the 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 rings. Wong's examining them and mm-hmm. Sean was like, yeah, well, my dad was like a thousand years old. He's like, uh, I don't know. He's like, yeah, it checks out. And then it's like they they look over and there's two holograms of Captain Marvel Mm -hmm. and Bruce Banner. Mm -hmm. Who would have thunk? I didn't see that coming. Did you? No, that was definitely something I did not see coming. I was really surprised that never leaked either. And what I didn't realize as I was watching it, I was like, oh yeah, this is crazy. And then Richard turned to me and he's like, he's not smart Hulk anymore. He's just Bruce Banner. And I went, (laughs) Oh my right? god! Like, like yeah. that's when all the hairs on my neck stood up. I was like, "Oh my like, goodness!" Way. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You know, and they had that little funny line where she's like, "All right, I have to go. If you need me, just you can get my number from Bruce." And then she leaves, and he's like, "I don't have her number. <laughs> yeah. She keeps doing this. I, I, I'm sorry." <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But it seems like we're definitely getting. Sean and Katie back. Did we get a Sean? Chang Chi will return at the end of the movie. We did not, but we did get that the Ten Rings will return. Oh, because we're in that second credit scene where we actually see what's going on with Shaolin well, well, and taking over the compound. Bef- but before, before yeah, you we do something. that, before we do that, Wong tells Sean and Katie to go home and get some rest because he's going to call on them soon. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Sean says, yeah, we should do that. Or and then they're like, 
then it like uh shows them in the same karaoke bar and they're singing yeah. Hotel California or whatever. Mm-hmm. Was it Hotel California? Yeah, it was Hotel California. So that was pretty funny, you know. So so Sean had Sean did do something pretty funny there at the end, which was just a rip off of Katie earlier in the movie. But yeah, um, whatever. It was pretty. It was it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm sorry. I had to bring it up. You were talking about Shaling mm-hmm. cleaning up her room and becoming the new leader of the Ten Rings. Go on. Yeah. So this part, it would kind of see what's actually happened to the Ten Rings now that when was gone. Well, she takes a nice, solid uh, seat on the throne, and you can actually see a few different changes with it having like her weird, like secondhand guy from her uh, little combat arena. But also, it shows more women are actually training there too. So she's finally bridged the gap and all. But I mean, the main thing is she doesn't look uh, like she's doing it for fun or anything. She looks like she's going to be a gangster and she's going to take up that family mantle. So that's why it was very interesting to have the Ten Rings will return not Shang-Chi and Katie, which I think is because it's obvious, but I feel like they might turn this into a Disney Plus series. What are your thoughts on that scene? <laughs> Didn't like it, huh? I don't know if that picked up in the microphone or how that's going to sound, but I, this is my other gripe, you guys. She was a good guy the whole movie. Like, not the whole movie, because at the beginning she mm. was like, but her, but she was like, had good intentions. She like, had her her fighting arena and everything. Mm -hmm. And then she just is like, Nope, I'm going to take up this thing that I hate because I hate my dad Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to be the leader. I'm going to have razor fist by my side because all of a sudden him and I are friends. Cause that makes sense now. And I am evil. And I'm like, come on. So I was not high on that. Maybe they'll, do something different with it and change mm-hmm. my mind, but I doubt it. Like it was, it was dumb. It was freaking yeah. dumb. It didn't surprise me though, because she's had that exchange with Katie, how she was talking in her bedroom too, which is why I, I think this, because also this credit sequence started with, uh, Shaolin, uh, taking down stuff in her room and everything before getting called upon. But she did make a sense like, Oh Yeah. She's going to train and get better than everyone else. It was kind of like her determination because her father looked down and treated her differently than Chong. Uh, but she did make a comment about her being able to build an empire on her own. So I feel like that's more so she's probably still trying to deal with and kind of battle and combat her uh, feeling of neglect and inferiority to Wenwu and everything because of their upbringing. But I mean, she can, I mean, now if everyone walk like, keeps panning out i mean she might have one of the deadliest uh um like assassination or just like mercenary ring that she's overlooking she she doesn't that's not her own thing though like you said that she wanted to to have something for herself you know something that she could be yeah she definitely said she was gonna do it on her own but i mean but she didn't she didn't do it she's not inheriting it i guess dumb I don't know. That's my yeah, kind of like dumb. this is going to be like a, a looks like it. They're definitely going to cross paths again, and she's going to be a baddie, and he's going to be a goodie. So how do they how do they handle that? You know, dumb. Like a like a Steve and Bucky relationship. Those two. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah, that was Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Awesome. Once again, we sorry for about the delay in getting this review out there, but I mean, uh, hopefully everything is much better this time. So yeah, if you uh, saw the movie, which I hope you have by now, definitely uh, get in contact with us. Either respond to us on like Instagram or Facebook just by messaging us, emailing us. You can find all that in our like bios and everything. Or uh, just by keep voting on our polls or commenting on stuff. Let us know what you think. So we can make it, uh, I don't know, more inclusive next time. We have another review. Yeah, that would be sick. Heck yeah. One thing that we didn't touch on, that we'll just touch on just a smidge. Mm-hmm. Last review, we were talking about where do we go next? Yeah. And both of us kind of have no idea. Yeah, that's kind of a weird thing because we really don't know what's going on. Like, I still want to know what the hell's going on with Wong. Like, what's going to be his purpose in the MCU? What's this beacon that's called out and where are we going? I, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like the only thing that they have going is like Shang-Chi 2. I feel like everything else is so much higher. Yeah. Than where he's at. Like, the Eternals, I don't know much, but I did, but I do not live under a rock. So mm-hmm. I did see the scene of Rob Stark floating into the air and then like laser visioning somebody. Yeah. So you got this guy who can fly and laser vision stuff. You got freaking Falcon who can fly and he's Captain America. You know, he's got his, mm-hmm. his red wing and his guns and, and you know, um, the guardians are all like aliens and space and they got all this crazy stuff. Yeah. I like Shang-Chi, but he punches and kicks. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how he's going to be like on the same level as a Spider-Man who I mean, bitch, those, he's been to space. You know what I mean? Those uh, rings can do though. Uh, plus it seems like he mastered or not mastered, but he's now in tune with like his fighting style and everything from Tao Lo and what his mother was doing. So I think it's going to be able to do really cool like fight pieces and he's going to have a lot more. I think he's going to further develop into this. We might even get like a breakdown of what each ring represents and does. I don't go so ways away from that for sure. He didn't do like, like he wasn't in the battle against Thanos because what, the, what is he going to go up and karate chop? Well, yeah, Thanos? Well, get out of here. Didn't take place until after the blip. I, I understand, but he couldn't have done anything to Thanos because he doesn't right. have any special powers or anything. Granted, some people just get powers from their suits, you know, Black Panther. And mm-hmm. also he's got like the herb, the heart shaped herb. Yeah. And then like Iron Man and, and, uh, uh, pepper with her suit, you know, mm-hmm. but he doesn't even have that. He just goes out and he's like, Ba-ba-ba. yeah, granted if he was in the battle, that would have been before he even had the rings. So he really would have just been out there throwing kicks at Thanos. Mm-hmm. So like, I like the fact that he's here, but I feel like everything that's going on is so above what he's capable of. Yeah, that's her. You know, we're getting so into the mystic arts that I don't see the martial arts being able mm-hmm. to keep up. But Time will tell, right? Exactly. So I think we uh, did a good job 
of uh, doing the second round of interviewing. Or not interviewing. Goddamn. Sorry, guys. I am tired. Reviewing. Reviewing. We reviewed Marvel Studios' Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. For a second time. Join us later this week for our reviews on the last two or three or ten episodes of Marvel (laughs) Studios' What If. This show is... uh, the biggest what if is what if this show was somewhat better? <laughs> um, we will find. So stay tuned for what Louis' thoughts are. We will find out. Mm-hmm. We're going to record Thursday, and it'll probably get out uh, sometime soon. Eventually. Um, once again, thank you for joining us today. Um, if you like Shang Chi, let us know. You know, reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, email us. You know, if, if you. If you like if you didn't like it, if you have anything you'd like to say, if you think what I've been saying is complete trash or, you know, let me know. Like let us know. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a give us a review. Help us out. Tell you're the best. Just if you're listening, tell two friends about Earth 894 podcast and tell them to tell two friends and eventually We'll be... You'll get a car. Oh wait, different scheme. No, we're not doing that. But it's gonna be—it's gonna be cool, you know. Eventually, mm-hmm. we're gonna be freaking doing this. All right, guys. Once again, thank you for joining us here on Earth Eight Nine Four, and have a great rest of your day. Take care, everyone. Bye. Jesus.